Uh, Ruth chapter one, uh, you know, we started into this, uh, this book here and uh, thankfully God has given us a freedom of choice. You know, uh, we can ignore uh, what God has for us in our life, whatever God's plan is for you. And uh, we can argue with God with that. We can disobey it. We can fight against it. But uh, God's will or his plan for our life will prevail because it talks about in Psalms, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. And I don't know what God has planned for your life, where God has you going, but he has a plan and it'd be wise for you just to follow after what he has in your life. And uh, like I said, I don't know what that is for each one of you, but um, figure out what it is. And we figure that out by staying close to him. There's some principles that we ought to follow in the word of God. There's some things we ought to do that everybody should be doing. But specifically what God has for you, you got to figure that out. Just by talking with God, spending time with him, reading his word, uh, praying. But uh, here we see the story of Elimelech and his wife Naomi, and which is the beginning of this book of Ruth. And there was a famine in their land where they lived. So no rain, no water, crops weren't growing. Of course, back in that time, that's how they made their money, crops or uh, livestock. And they would buy and sell those things. But uh, since there was no water, that stuff was dying. So all the food was, was uh, not been able to grow. Uh, and so they had a trial. They had a problem. When problems come in our life, there's things we can do. We either can, uh, the best thing we ought to do is take that trial, that hardship, and use it for something good. We can run from it. Uh, we can avoid it. But the best thing is to use it for, for, for good. And God says that, that we have everything in this life can be used for his for our good and his glory. And we're getting to that last week. We talked about how Elimelech ran from the problems. And we uh, shouldn't be trying to run from our things. The first reason we ought to avoid or problems when we have problems in our life is unbelief. Talked about that last week where he walked by sight. It's just what he saw. He wasn't believing and trusting in God. He wasn't living by faith. He worried more about the physical than he did the spiritual. And of course then he honored the enemy. He went to the wicked people, the Moabites, which were completely opposite of the Israelites. They hated God. They hated even the Israelites. And he went there. Of course, uh, one famine turned into three funerals for the dad and the, his two sons. And Naomi uh, is dealing with her daughter-in-laws. The two daughter-in-laws we had last week, of course, is Ruth, who this book's about, and then Orpah. And we'll get into the, where we're at with this. So the first reason uh, we ought to think we ought to avoid when we face trials is unbelief. Uh, the thought that God's not in control. Sometimes we do that. When we get into trials, and maybe some of you have never faced anything big in your life yet, but when you get into something big, you'll face this trial, and you'll start to think, I don't know if God's actually in control, or God actually knows what's going on in my life. Does he actually even see what's happening? And that's a, a thought that will go through your mind. And you got to understand that God is in control, that God knows what's going on, that he sees each and every one of us. Uh, so unbelief. And then, uh, point number two, if you want to look down into verse uh, number six, and uh, this, uh, I'm sure if I have, yeah, unbelief, there we go, deception, yeah, you can go back to that point, I'll just give it that point. Uh, the number two thing we want to avoid uh, when we have trials and we have troubles is deception, where we're trying to hide our mistakes and hide what we've done. Uh, through this section, I'll look through here, these verses, we see uh, there's three Ladies here, Naomi, Orpah, and, and Ruth, and sort of their story, what they what they'll do with their trials, and with with their hardships. And um, let me pray, and then we'll get into this. Heavenly Father, you're good to us. 
God, we're grateful for the Word of God, and uh, God, I pray that you'd guide uh, us in this life, God. Sometimes we face uh, things that we don't really know what to do and how to get through something in our life, and I pray that we turn to you, God. We trust in you and know that you know what's going on. God, fill me with your wisdom, your Holy Spirit's power. God, help me say the correct things. Help me be clear and uh, do your word justice, God, in your name. Amen. So look down at verse number six. Uh, it says, uh, then she arose with her daughters, this is Naomi, uh, that she might return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Uh, wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her. And they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. Naomi said unto her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. So you, you go back to your mom's house uh, and you go, you go home with them. Uh, I know you've been nice to me, but go back with them and you'll be okay. In verse 9, The Lord grant you that ye may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. That she, then she kissed him, and they lift up their voice and wept. They said unto her, Surely we will return with thee unto thy people. And we said, Turn again, my daughters, for uh, will ye go with me? Are there not any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Now again, just a real quick history. Usually if, if, you, if, you, if someone died in the family, your husband died, uh, the next oldest son would take you and care for you. Uh, usually you even become a husband and wife. Uh, usually as we go under them and they'd be the one to care for you. I'd hate that. I'm, I'm grateful we don't have that tradition now. But uh, anyway, so the side note. But uh, when that happened, she says, I don't have any more kids. I don't have any more sons. I'm not going to bear any more children. Even if I did, you're going to wait that long. I mean, that'd be weird anyways, too. Uh, and she said, I don't have anything. Go, go find a husband in, in your home country. Uh, verse number 14, they lift up their voice and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth uh, clave in her. She said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back into her people under her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. So, first off, we see this the testimony of Naomi. When Naomi uh, got this stuff, God visited, uh, God, of course, visited his faithful people in Bethlehem. Uh, and in, in Israel, where they were at, that the Bethlehem was the city of bread, and God came back. The famine was finished. And Naomi heard about this. Of course, God didn't come to his disobedient daughter that was in Moab, but Naomi heard that the famine was over. She heard the good news. There's bread here. I'm going to go back home. And uh, how sad is it when, you know, when God's people, uh, or when people only hear about God's blessings but never uh, experience it. Ruth, or Naomi here, heard about the blessings that were happening, but she didn't get to experience that. She didn't get to stay there and see God provide. She got the hardships of it. Uh, they're not in the place where, where people can, where God can bless them. Uh, many many years ago, there was this prayer meeting uh, with some youth leaders. And there was a guy that was there. His name was uh, Jacob Stam. He was the brother of John Stam, uh, who John and his wife Betty were martyred in China. And this was in the 1930s. But his brother was at this prayer meeting. The leaders there had been asking God to bless their ministry and a, a project they were working on. And they they used blessed many times. God bless this, bless this. And God, we need you to bless this. Jo uh, Jacob, the brother there, prayed God, we've asked you to bless all these things, but please, Lord, make us blessable. Uh, if Naomi had been in that meeting, she would have had to confess, God, I'm, I'm not blessable. I'm not in the place that you want to bless me. She, of course, her and her family had gone out where God said to stay. They went to the enemy. You know, whenever we have uh, disobeyed God and maybe gone away from his will, uh, we ought to say, God, I, okay, I did wrong. And we ought to confess that. Son of God, that's all God wants to hear. 
Naomi's testimony was that she was trying to cover up what she had done. She's trying to cover up for the wrong that she had done. She really, she was trying to also, she was trying to send the girls back. She said, I don't want, I don't want you to come with me. I'm getting to some of the reasons why maybe. And, uh, you know, she was just like, uh, Abraham, Abraham had to leave Egypt and go back to where the altar he had abandoned in Genesis. Jacob, the same way he had to go back to Bethel. If you look through the uh, old Testament, the prophets, their continual cry to people was to turn back to God, turn away from your sins. And you, you see throughout the old Testament, they would do that. Uh, Isaiah 55, seven talks about, it says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man, his thoughts and let him return unto the Lord. And he'll have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Uh, you know, Naomi's decision was right, uh, but maybe her motive was wrong. She was still, her primary thing was, I heard that there was food there. It wasn't, I need to go back to where I worship God. It wasn't, I need to go back to this place where God blessed me. Oh no, there's bread there. And she was all still motivated the wrong way. It was motivated by food. Not, can I get back to where the temple where I worship God? She wasn't confessing her sins to God in this statement. She wasn't asking God to forgive her. She was turning to her land, but not to God. And, uh, you know, she didn't want her daughter-in-laws to go with her. She said, no, you should just stay here. And to me, as I read through this story, and I think, uh, you know, if it was right for Naomi to go back to Bethlehem, where the true God was and the true God was worshipped, then it was right for Orpah, and it was right for Ruth to go with her. Naomi should have told them, uh, come with us. Uh, come with me. You can see the God I worship. And they'd seen that. Ruth especially had seen that. She had seen it in the lives of Naomi. She'd seen the lives of Elimelech and probably her husband. There's a God because Ruth took after this God. And instead, Naomi tried to influence these two women to go back. Go back to your families. Go back to your false gods. I, I, to me, I think, why would a believing Jewess, a daughter of Abraham, encourage two pagan women to go worship false gods? That'd be like me telling someone else, Hey, uh, you should go be a Muslim. Uh, just go. Go worship the false god. That, that would be a terrible thing for me as a Christian to do. But that's what Naomi was doing. And I, I could be wrong, but I get the impression that Naomi didn't want to bring Orpah and Ruth back to Bethlehem because they were proof that she and her husband had permitted their sons to marry a woman outside of who they were supposed to marry. Naomi was trying to cover up her disobedience. She didn't want evidence of this disobedience. I think we're that way all the time, where we get away from God and we try to cover up. We try to like not, not anybody else see. We don't even want to admit it to God, the one who sees everything. I hope that we don't get that way. I hope that uh, it says in Proverbs, he that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall, shall have mercy. You know, when we try to cover our sins, it's proof that we haven't faced them honestly. It's proof that we haven't brought them before God. And uh, we ought to bring a brokenness to God. I'm not saying that you ought to stand up and tell everybody that you did what you did and, and wrong, but we ought to be bringing that for sure to God. God sees it. We, we act so uh, elementary, so juvenile when we try to pretend that God doesn't see what's going on. It's like when I see my children do something, I watch them do it, and then I'll call them out on it, just like God calls us out on stuff, and they'll try to deny it. Like, no, I literally just saw you do it. You just hit your brother. I saw you. Like, he's crying. That's evidence probably because of it. You hit it. He doesn't really... Well, he does actually. He's the younger one. Bradley does scream, and he's the next one. Like, it's his defense mechanism. <laughs> but I see my kid do that, and then they deny that. God sees us do sin and wrong, and then we we deny it. We act like we don't that we're perfect. We try to cover it up. 
Instead of brokenness, Naomi here had this bitterness. She said, no, I don't want you to come with me. I don't even want to have this. The tragedy is that Naomi did not present the God of Israel in a positive way. In verse 13, uh, she suggests that God was to blame for the sorrow. God was to blame for the pain. She said, for it grieveth me much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. I'm trying to blame God for all this stuff. In reason, she was saying, I'm to blame for all of our trials. Why are you going to stay with me? You, you don't know what God's going to do next to me. Uh, Naomi had been walking. If Naomi had been walking with God, she could have won Orpah to the faith and brought two ladies back. She brought Ruth, of course, back with her. But we see uh, Naomi who wants to cover up. Look in verse 11. Uh, this is talking about Orpah here. Uh, she started out with the two daughter-in-laws, Orpah and, and, and Ruth. She stops them and urges them to not come with her. She even prays for them in verses 8 and 9 that God would be kind to them, that would find them new husbands, find them rest. Uh, three times Naomi told Orpah and Ruth to return, go back. And, uh, you know, they hesitated. They said, right, no, I think we should go with you. And I, I think we ought to stay. And Orpah had heard enough. And finally she said, I'm just, I'm just going to give up. Uh, the, her testimony was, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to give up. Uh, and Naomi reasons with them in, in those verses. I'm, I'm too old to have another husband to bear another family. And even if I had more, it'd be a waste of your years to wait for them to grow up. You go with your mother's house with their family, enjoy life. Orpah was the uh, the weaker one. If you look in verse uh, number fourteen, and they, and Orpah kissed her mother in law, and and but Ruth claved to her. Talks about how Orpah just she gave her a kiss in the cheeks. I I love you so much. I, I realize you you want us to go back home. I'm gonna go back home. I'm giving up. It's, I can't go through anything. Uh, she was so close. Uh, to being uh, tied in with Naomi, so close to becoming that Christian. She was very close. Uh, she was, in Mark, talked about how they were not far from the kingdom. They were so close to making that decision. She said, I give up. I can't handle any more of this. Orpah leaves a scene she's never mentioned again in the Bible. But her testimony is one of giving up. But if you look in verse number 15, we see uh, what Ruth does. Verse 15, and she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people and to her gods, Return thou after thy sister-in-law. This is Naomi telling Ruth. Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, and again, this is some strongest words of saying, I've decided to follow after you, but whither thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people, and, and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and where uh, there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also ought uh, but death part thee and me. When she saw that, she was steadfastly minded to go with her, and she left speaking with her. Naomi was trying to cover up. Orpah had given up, but Ruth was, she was prepared to stand up. She refused to listen to her mother-in-law's uh, cries to follow after her sister-in-law's bad example. You know, The reason why is because she had come to trust in the God of Israel. Uh, in verse uh, or chapter two, verse twelve, it says, "The Lord recompense thy work, and a forward be given thee of of the Lord thy God, under whose wings thou art come to trust." She said, "Man, I've come to trust the God that you serve. I, you, if I'm trusting in Him and you're trusting Him, why don't we just go in this together? I'm going to go wherever you go." She refused to listen to those cries, and she had experienced trials, she had experienced disappointments, but instead of blaming God, she trusted Him. Ruth was not ashamed to confess her faith. 
in spite of the bad example of her uh, in-laws, her disobedient in-laws, Ruth had come to know the true and living God. She had come to know who the God that they had served before they left Israel. She wanted to, to be with his people, with the people of God, and dwell in his land. Man, her conversion is evidence of the grace of God. We know that is the only way that, of course, we can be saved is through the grace of God. Everything within her and uh, around her presented obstacles to her faith. Uh, and yet she trusted the God of Israel. Her background was against her. She was from Moab where they worshipped the God uh, Chemosh, which was very much, they accepted human sacrifices. This was a very wicked and perverse religion that they, that they did. It encouraged immorality where they, that was one of the things that they said they should do. Her circumstances were against her. She could have been made bitter against God. Her husband had died. She had all the reason to be bitter, and, and God took her husband. But uh, we see her father-in-law had died, then her husband, her brother-in-law. She was left a widow. But for her, she had every reason not to trust in God. If this was the God of Israel, if this is how he treated his people, why should she follow after him? Ruth loved her mother-in-law, but even Naomi was against her. Naomi urged Ruth, go back to your family, go back to your gods. Elimelech and Malon, her husband, were now dead. Ruth was technically under Naomi. Naomi was technically her person that was in charge. She should have listened to her. Uh, she should have followed her. But of course, God intervened and, and saved Ruth in spite of all these obstacles. It's not by the works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us, as it says in Titus. And God very much delights in showing mercy. Ruth had no, um, no right, we could say, to be, go back and take part in the stuff that's in Israel. But because of the grace of God, she was able to do that. And, you know, uh, Ruth's statement here in, in Ruth, uh, verses 16 and 17, I think is one of the most incredible confessions found in Scripture. She confessed her love for Naomi. She confessed her love to, or her desire to stay with her mother-in-law, even to death. Then she confessed her love and her dedication to the God of Israel. And she was willing to forsake her father and mother. In, in verse 11, or chapter 2, it talks about that. In order to stay with the God of her people. Uh, but uh, there was a law. A law that said, uh, in, 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 that was written here in, in Deuteronomy. It says, an Ammonite or a Moabite shall not enter into the congregation of the Lord. Even to their tenth generation shall they not enter into the congregation of the Lord forever. This meant permanent exclusion. And she was a Moabitess. Moabitess? She was from Moab. There was a law that said, if you're from Moab, which was, again, perverse uh, nation and Ammon, these were, again, through, through uh, Lot's uh, perverse wickedness, they were excluded from the family of God. How could Ruth then get into the congregation of the Lord? She could get there by trusting God's grace and throwing herself completely on his mercy. The law excludes us from God's family, but grace includes us if we put our faith in Christ. You know, the law says, no, you do not deserve the grace of God. But thankfully, I'm not under the law. I am under the grace of God. And grace includes us when we put our faith in him. If you've never put your trust or faith in Christ, it is time for you to do that today. You know, we think, oh, our sin keeps us from heaven, and it does. But the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ gets us there. You know, when you read through the genealogy of Jesus, in Matthew 1, you find five women there, four who have very questionable uh, backgrounds, which we went over there at Christmas time. But Tamar, who had, there was uh, incest with her father-in-law. Rahab, who was a very much a Gentile harlot. Ruth, who was the outcast Gentile Moabitess. And of course, we, uh, and Bathsheba in there. 
Ruth got in there because of the grace of God and because of his mercy. God is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And, you know, we can uh, have all types of reasons why we shouldn't chase after God and why we want to cover things. But God, in his grace, gives us what we need. And, and Ruth said, I'm going to take this. I'm, I know the God of Israel. I know the mercy that he has. So he did not, she did not allow uh, deception or, or the wrong to cover up and to run from her trials. The last one to look at, look in verse number 19. The last thing we ought to avoid when we have trials in our life is bitterness. Bitterness, where we blame God for our trials. Naomi probably could have uh, done this, and she did. She took this uh, wrong choice in her life and let bitterness continue to uh, eat away at her. In verse number 19, so they too went unto, uh, until they came to Bethlehem, the two being Naomi and Ruth. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, is this Naomi? She said unto them, call me not Naomi, call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? So Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, uh, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem in the beginning of the barley festival. Uh, harvest, excuse me, festival. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, either way, these two widows, uh, Ruth, uh, again, finally said, I'm not listening to Naomi. Naomi, I know you want me to go home. I don't know where that came from. I apologize. Okay. Uh, what is a barley festival? Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't know. Moving on. You know, Naomi uh, tries to get Ruth to stay. Ruth said, no, I'm going with you. She said, all right, let's go then. I'm sure before they left, these two widows went and saw the three graves of uh, their uh, Ruth's uh, father-in-law, Naomi's uh, husband, and then, of course, her husband, Malon, and then their, her brother-in-law, Chilion. They, I'm sure they stopped there one last time before they leave Moab. Then they said, all right, I'm going to commit myself to God, and we're going to start this new life. And to me, it'd be very interesting to see what happened on this journey as they're walking back to Bethlehem or traveling, however they traveled, to know what Naomi and Ruth talked about as they journeyed. I don't know if Naomi there gave her daughter-in-law some in instructions in the law of Moses. Said, here's some of the laws that we follow. Here's the things that we do. Uh, Naomi gave her uh, that basic instruction. I don't know if Ruth asked questions about the faith and the Jewish people and her new home. And I wonder what kind of answers Naomi was giving to her during this time. Naomi, of course, was bitter. She was upset at God. She was trying to blame God for her problems. And uh, a bitter woman who was very shaky in the faith. I'm, I'm wondering what these answers were. Naomi had been away from her home for 10 years. And when she gets back home to Bethlehem, the women there, they're, they're shocked when they saw her. Uh, in verse 19, the, uh, when it says the pronoun, they said, that's a feminine. This is the ladies. Their question is, this, is this Naomi? Is this the same lady? To me, this suggests surprise. This suggests maybe they're bewildered about some of this. Naomi means pleasant, but she was not very much living up to her name. She was not the Naomi who they had known 10 years ago. Her 10 hard years in Moab and the sorrows that they had brought, they had taken a toll on her. They had turned her appearance and her personality and changed them. Instead of making her better, the trials had made her very bitter, uh, which gives her that name Mara. It's, my name's not Naomi, it's Mara. I, I, God has dealt bitterly with me. You know, we can't control the circumstances of life, but we can control how we respond to them. 
Uh, you know, that's what faith is all about here. Where we believe that God is working everything for our good, even when we don't feel like it or, or see it happening. You know, you can uh, handle situations in life so differently. Uh, you know, I was thinking, we've been out, of course, as we go out to eat, and you have to get it to go. The day we were at, uh, this is a couple weeks back, we were at Chick-fil-A, Marietta, and normally they're right on top of it. Today, that day, some lady was, they were not right on top of it. She, she had been waiting all of 15 minutes. You know, it's difficult to wait, but she wait. I've been waiting for 15 minutes. <laughs> Ma'am, okay, what car are you in? I told you which car I'm in. She was yelling. She started cursing a storm. And Miss Jones, who is usually super patient, I don't know, I don't work for her, so I don't know, I couldn't tell you that, but normally very patient with us. She's trying to figure it out. She's trying to figure out what she missed, what she didn't get. So, Ma'am, I can't help you until you tell me what car you're in, what your order was. I don't know. I don't have my, Ma'am, I can't help you if I don't know what you have. She was cursing, yelling, screaming. That is one way you can respond when you have to wait 15 minutes. I know first world problems that we have here. <clears throat> we can respond in, in a very, she was very bitter. She had to wait 15 minutes and she didn't get her french fries right away. I would be upset too if they didn't give me my Chick-fil-A sauce. I'd be, you know, but I wouldn't be cursing up a storm. But in everything that we face in life, how we respond to it, we can't control our circumstances. We can't control what happens. We can't control uh, if someone cuts us off in traffic, but we can respond or control how we respond to that. First uh, Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks. Uh, it's not an easy thing to obey, but obeying this command is the best way to get uh, an antidote against a bitter and a critical spirit. Uh, I was reading a quote as a preacher had said that nine-tenths of our unhappiness is selfishness and is an insult cast in the face of God. Because Naomi was imprisoned by selfishness, she was bitter against God. To begin with, she accused God of dealing with her bitterly uh, with her at, in verse 20. She left Bethlehem with a husband and two sons that had come home without them with just a, a daughter-in-law. She had gone to Moab possessing everything that she needed in life, but now she returns literally. She says, I've got nothing. I came back. I left full. I came back empty. And I had empty hands, an empty home, very much an empty heart because she didn't surrender to God and accept his chastening and God was chastening her with this uh not only had God dealt bitterly with her but he had also uh she said he had testified against me in verse 21 she said I went out full and the Lord had brought me home again empty why then call you me Naomi seeing the Lord had testified so that God told everybody about me and he's the one who afflicted me uh I don't know if this was Naomi's confession of sin she said oh, I, it, we actually sinned that's why God dealt with us this way I don't know if she hinted that this is why they deserved all this suffering. But two times in these verses here, she calls God the Almighty. Uh, this is the Hebrew name El Shaddai. This is the all-powerful one. You know, it's one thing to know God's name and quite something to say. He's the one that's all-knowing, the one that, that is all-powerful and trusting him. Uh, you know, Naomi really wasn't that poor, really wasn't that empty. I think she was exaggerating maybe a little bit. She was very tired in body. She was very bitter in her soul. Uh, but for one thing, think of what she had. She still had life. And, and that in itself is a precious gift from God. A, a gift that we often take for granted too often. You know, Naomi did leave two graves in Moab, but God in his goodness kept her alive. And I think through that brought, uh, brought Ruth back to Bethlehem. Naomi thought that life had ended for her, but her trials were really just a new beginning. 
And what God would do between her and Ruth in their, when they get back to Bethlehem in these next coming chapters is something awesome to see. And God did that through her life. Naomi's faith and her hope were about to die, but God had other plans for her. Naomi had, not only had life, but she had opportunity. Uh, you know, her friends, they knew who she was. They saw her when she came back. They were a little bit dismayed. This is, is this Naomi? She just looks a little down. But she, had, uh, she allowed her sorrow and her bitterness to isolate her from that community. These were friends that loved her. Man, I'm sure they were so hard to see her leave that 10 years ago. And they're trying to figure out, is this Naomi that's back? We're surprised she's here. Uh, but she allowed that, but gradually that, that changed. Instead of sitting and looking gloomily at a wall, she decided to uh, do something about it. And one of Naomi's richest resources that she had was her daughter-in-law, Ruth. In fact, it was Ruth who God used and blessed throughout the rest of this book we see. Because Ruth was a woman who trusted God, was totally committed to him. She didn't allow the bitterness to root in her heart. You know, uh, Naomi learned that God's hand of blessing was on this woman. She'll see it in Ruth's life. She'll see what happens. And the windows of heaven will open up and bless this lady. And Naomi will see that. Naomi's heart will change. Uh, in this book, the Lord is mentioned 25 times. You know, when we fear God, we don't need to fear anything else. Uh, John Wesley said on his deathbed, he said, Best of all, God is with us. God is not only with us, but he is also for us. And he said, and if God be for us, who can be against us? Amen, that is so true. When we face troubles in our life, we ought not forget that God literally is walking with us, side by side with us. Sometimes we allow the bitterness just to creep in. And we want to point the finger at God when sometimes it's usually just us that put us in that spot. You know, Elimelech and Naomi uh, did not have to leave Israel. The famine was uh, there, but it was also 50 miles away. And when they come back, Naomi comes back, it's the barley, barley harvest. It was the barley harvest. And when these two widows get back to Bethlehem, it's a time when the community expressed joy. It's a time when the community expressed praise to God for his goodness. It was springtime, a time of new life, a time of new beginnings. And Naomi was about to make a giant new beginning with God. You know, and sometimes in our, in our life, we think, man, I've made a mistake. I've messed up. I've uh, gotten away from God it's over with. I can never come back from this. We think that we make some mistakes that are get us too far from God. And that is so far from the truth. It's never too late to start again with God. You know, maybe, uh, I don't know in your life, if you're trusting God for a new beginning, uh, with God at your side, the resources you get with God are far greater than your burdens. Uh, we ought to be trusting in him. Don't let bitterness creep in. Trust that God's in control. Trust that everything he has in our life is for our good and for his glory. And uh, next week we'll get into uh, the kinsman redeemer and excited about that uh, with Boaz. But.